It's live now. What time is it? Yeah, that's not intimidating. I was going to say it looks crooked. I know. This is not on zero. Is that better? Yes. Okay. You're live, so don't do anything. What's it, what's it going to? Everything. Okay. All the usuals. I'm sorry that you're live now. Oh, not anymore. There you go. So all conversations are on the air. It's currently 6.52. That's pretty accurate.
rehearsal for our Christmas program, The Ornament. So we're meeting in here tonight and uh, it'll be mostly service as normal. Well, I guess that's not true. We won't have any singing, but let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for tonight. Thank you for the rehearsal that's going on. We pray that that would go well. God use this program to bring people to Christ. Bring in visitors, bring in people who do not know Christ and teach them to know Jesus. Draw them to yourself, God. We want to see them saved on Saturday or Sunday as the program runs, God. We love you. We thank you for this night. Bless our prayer time and the Bible study to follow. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll take uh, prayer requests and praises. Anybody? Who, who will be first? Yes. I pray for our college kids because I know uh, Jacob called me yesterday and said he's stressing the finals, so pray for all of them. You know, we have a zillion of them there at Pensacola, and then okay. Okay. The request was for our college kids, uh, one of them in particular who's struggling with finals, and they all will be home soon. It's hard. Freshman year is. Uh, it's hard. And Ethan, no, he's done in a few days, isn't he? Yeah, he won't be going back. 
Yeah, Ethan Smith is about to graduate, so that's good. He's a good, good young man. Anyone else? Yes. Uh, I know we prayed for uh, the ornament, but I'd like to give Pastor Christopher. He's a little too tightly wrapped right now, so he could definitely use a whole lot of prayer. Okay. Would you pray for him and for the college kids Pastor, as well? Yeah. yeah. Father, we, we thank. First of all, Father, we thank you for this evening, the chance to come together, Lord, and just thank you for your word that we preached tonight. Father, we lift up to you all the college kids. Some of them are definitely uh, struggling right now, Father, and just, Father, we pray that you will share your wisdom with them, guide them, Father, help them to learn what they need to learn so that they can in turn return it uh, during their tests and things of that nature, but help them to actually study and prepare for it. Lord, we also lift up to uh, Pastor Christopher. There is a lot going on. We just came off of our uh, Experience Christmas, Lord, and it was wonderful. And now we've got the ornament, and I know that he is, is stretched to his limit. And we just lift him up to you, pray, Father, for strength for him, for wisdom for him, and just give him uh, that, that peace going through all of this. And uh, Lord, just help us to remind him that you are in control, that you're in charge, and it's that weight should be lifted. It should be that weight should be on you and not on him. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Father, that you do help us through these tough times. Father, we just lift these things to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Anyone else? Yes. Hi, Sarah. This is um, supposed to go on uh, vacation this week, and her mom ended up in the emergency room while I was being seen by her this week. So mm. I prayed, had an opportunity to pray with her, um, but just want to lift her mom up. This Linda's mom, I don't have her name. Zilinda. Zilinda. So it's her mother. Okay, went to the emergency room. All right, anyone else? Prayer request or praise? Um, there yes. Was Ruth Wilkerson's family, we went to the viewing today. Uh, Tommy, her son, seemed to be doing pretty well, but just pray for people that need salvation tomorrow through the service. Okay, yes, Ruth Wilkerson. Been in our church a long time, was not officially a member, but uh, <coughs> precious lady. And she wasn't a member because she always wanted to get baptized with her husband. And he, for whatever reason, didn't, wouldn't, I don't even know, it's before my time, he passed away. And then she, she thought she was too old to get baptized to get up there, but uh, tried to encourage her to do it. But anyway, she was a faithful, precious lady in the church for a lot of years, just a wonderful, sweet spirit, great attitude. Her service is tomorrow. Be praying for that. We trust there'll be a lot of unsaved people there. So we want to see them come to know Christ. The funeral is in La Plata. If you need directions, time, see me afterwards. Um, Brother Tom, would you pray for the funeral for Tommy, her son especially, and for um, Zelinda. Her mom went to the, Zelinda's mother went to the ER Father, we just uh, just praise you as we come. We thank you for all that you've done, as you've given us. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your creation. To be here tonight and just freely come to you. What a blessing that is. And Lord, we, we do bring these needs, uh, Lord, uh, and there's so many things we want for these folks and uh, how we want them to act and feel, but God, we want them to be within your will. So Lord, we do give them to you this mother, this uh, Let me, but God, you know the need there. You know what's what's important. And uh, Ruth's funeral, Lord, she did mean a lot to a lot of us. But we pray for Tommy especially, Lord, that he would come to a place where he can put his faith and trust in you. We really want to understand that you are in charge of all things, and no matter what happens, God, you. You have it under control, and you, you can take care of all the situations. We lift these folks up to you, and be at the funeral. Oh, Lord, that your Holy Spirit might just touch them. God, that they might see their need for you as they look at eternity, Lord, that they might realize we will all face this time. 
but you might uh, God just open that door that you would see Jesus so we thank him we praise you that we can bring these prayers to you Lord there's so much there that's needed so God we do turn that over to you we ask you to do your will but I know you will us for salvation so Lord that uh, not only Tommy but uh, folks many folks would see you need you and accept you so we pray through the name and the blood of Jesus Amen Amen don't forget to be inviting people for uh, the ornament. It is uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Let's see. Saturday at 7, Sunday morning at 11. So be inviting people. People need the Lord. Anyone else? Prayer request or praise? Praises, those are always good. Father, we do praise you. Thank you that uh, Pam's mother is coming into town. We thank you for that. We do pray that you'd work out uh, all the details and just help her on the road. A lot of driving early in the morning, and this is certainly not the easiest place to be driving around early in the morning. Uh, bless her and protect everyone on the road. We pray that uh, all the details would work out with no problems at all. Uh, we thank you for working through Charlie and blessing him, taking care of the situation at work. Uh, God, it's an answer to prayer. I, I appreciate that he had a problem and he took it to, to the guys in Man Up and they prayed and God, you worked it out. So thank you for that. You're so good to us and so faithful. We do praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, give you a quick update. My wife, we're... We're in therapy now twice a week, which is uh, a lot of fun. Uh, twice a week to buoy. It's not, the road's under construction. It's a mess. But uh, it's going well. She's, she's doing very well. Uh, she, most of the time, is um, not using the walker. She, she's getting up and walking much of the time by herself. Um, more, she, she does better in the morning, in the early afternoon than in the evening. And without even saying that, the therapist mentioned that you're probably first thing in the morning a little off balance and not great because you haven't woken up yet. And then you're good for a while and then toward the evening it fades off. I said, that's exactly what happens. So uh, it's good to know that's normal. She, she's still got some weird symptoms. We really are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, taste is a major challenge for her. Things don't taste normal. Um, they don't, uh, a lot of things that she loved, she can't eat because they taste horrible. Uh, some, most things taste 
different. There's been some smell issues that uh, they're actually a smell therapy. Uh, Pastor Christopher told us about it. He knew about it. I bought a kit from Amazon and she's taking care of the smell issues. So it's uh, you retrain your brain to smell correctly. It's, uh, it really is crazy. Uh, there have been a lot of different things going on and uh, if she continues to improve, hopefully going to be able to get to church soon, getting close to that. So praise the Lord. Um, I went this week to the pain management place. I'm having trouble with my sacroiliac joint, which is an ongoing issue for me for many years now, but it's interfering with my therapy from the surgery. So I've had to suspend therapy. The therapist said, you need to get the SI joint taken care of before we can continue and we have new insurance and they won't cover the procedure that I need. So I'm um, actually, I uh, went this week and said, look, what does it cost? And they gave me the cost. It's not cheap, but I don't have much choice. I just need to get it done so I can continue in therapy and get my back to where it ought to be. So please keep praying for me for that. And uh, I just praise the Lord for progress. Progress is always good. All right, anyone else? Prayer request or praise? All right, I'm gonna pray then and we'll go, we'll jump into 1 John. Father, thank you indeed. I thank you for what you're doing to my wife and the progress that she has made and progress that I have made. God, you are good. You're good. We thank you. Uh, T. Smith is, uh, is doing better and able to, to be here and getting involved, singing special music again. We praise you for that. She's in therapy now and we thank you for it. I have a good report online from uh, Rebecca Morgan. She is making progress as well. Uh, God, thank you for healing. There's no healing but through Jesus Christ. God, you are the great physician. We just thank you uh, for healing, for the progress that's being made, for your goodness to us. And now, God, as we look to your word, bless us. Teach us tonight. We do love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. Continue there. Uh, 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to look at verses 11 through 18. Uh, 1 John chapter 3. And let me read those verses. Starting in verse 11, for this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, we talk a lot about love this time of year. It's the Christmas season, and, and people think about love and joy and peace. Well, which is which is good, but it's not easy to love people, especially these days. You know, people, a lot of people are just not very lovable. They're not. Uh, if you think everybody's lovable, go get on the beltway and drive around. <laughs> They're not nice. Uh, they'll cut you off, honk at you if you drive too slow or too fast or 
You just happen to be in front of them, whatever. Uh, you are the only thing on earth keeping them from being where they want to be, so they have to honk at you. Um, it, it, it's not always easy to love people. How's your love? Do you love people? Or do you just put up with them? Sometimes we just put up with people, but God called us to love people. Now, love, uh, he shows us here in this passage that, that our love really defines us. He said in verse 11, this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, we know the story. Cain killed his brother Abel. Uh, it says he was of that wicked one. Cain was of the devil. He was influenced by the devil and he killed his brother because Abel's deeds were righteous. Cain's deeds were evil. He was jealous because Abel was praised by God and he killed his brother. He said in verse 13, marvel not my brethren if the world hate you. Now, love in itself is supernatural. Naturally, the only one we love is ourselves. We love ourselves. We are all selfish by nature. One of the first words a kid learns is mine. You know, everything's mine, mine, mine. All your toys are mine and her toys are mine. It's all mine. Uh, they lay claim to everything. That's natural. We love ourselves. I want. Doesn't matter what anybody else wants. I want this. Well, we're not having pizza for dinner. We're having pot roast. I want pizza. No, I want. We want what we want. And when you're a kid, you can't wait to get older so that you can have whatever you want, whenever you want. Nobody can tell you what to do, what time to go to bed. And, uh, they can't tell you you can't have ice cream and chocolate cake for breakfast. Um, and you're a kid, that sounds great. Uh, you get older and find out, yeah, you can, but it's not a good idea. I love, real love, loving other people comes from God. In Romans 5, 5, I'm going to turn you to a number of places tonight. Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. God's love is put in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Nine parts of the fruit of the Spirit. There's not nine fruits. It says the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. It goes on. Love is number one on the list. The fruit of the Spirit is love. I have love for people because of the Holy Spirit inside me. Because God put love in me for others. Now, our own selfishness often gets the way, in the way of God's love flowing through us. God wants to love people through us. There are a lot of people in this world who don't know God. Uh, they're not plugged into God. They don't have God's love. They have no relationship with God. God wants to love them through us. We are to love them, and we are to love them enough to tell them about Jesus. We are called to love the unlovable. And there are a lot of unlovable people. True love is not natural. It's not. Selfishness, that's natural. True love is from God. Now, God gives us his love for the world, but it is, uh, it, it divides us from the world. Go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15. 
in verse 18. Oh, I'm in the wrong chapter, okay. John 15, 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The world hates Christians because the world hated Jesus. And if you watch the news, you see a hatred of Christians. Christians are called uh, bigots. If we don't accept uh, the trans movement, if, if we refuse to call a man she, or a woman, he, that's bigotry, that's hatred. No, it isn't, it's just the truth. The Bible says male and female created he them. Doesn't mean I hate the person, uh, a woman who identifies as a man. Doesn't mean I hate them if I don't recognize you really are a man. No, that's not hatred. That's the truth. God only made two genders. They say there's, I, I don't know how many now, but the number keeps going up. How can you have 40, 50, 60, I think it's actually over 100 now, different genders? That's... It's ludicrous. Uh, it, to me, it is ludicrous. It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. And... Somebody asked a great question. He said, okay, when you go into the doctor and you want to have a gender change operation, how many choices do you have? <laughs> There's just <Wow>. two. <laughs> you either go from male to female or female to male. That's it. You don't say, well, you know, I'm male now. I'd like to have choice number 37. Uh, there is no choice 37. There's only male and female. That's all there is. Now they want to say uh, sex and gender are not the same thing. Since when? It's, it's just a, a redefinition of words. And really at the heart of it is anti-God. That's what's behind it. It's of the devil. It's anti-God. It's the same thing with, uh, well... With uh, evolution. I lost track of what I was thinking. Evolution. Why do people believe evolution? Oh, it's scientific fact. It is not. It's scientific foolishness. Amen. It's been proven wrong scientifically. But the alternative is God. And they don't want to acknowledge God. So that's all it is. It is going against God. But what is said of Christians? Oh, Christians hate science. Well, wait, science says there's only two genders. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's so, it doesn't make any sense at all. But sense is not involved. It's anti-God. And the truth is, anytime you go anti-God, there's no sense there. That's not, uh, good sense does not go against God. God created us. And you see, that's the whole problem. If God created us, we have to answer to him. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, yes, God did create me. I have no problem answering to God. He's not, uh, you know, Jesus said, come to me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He's not laying all kinds of difficult things on us. Oh, his law, it's too hard. No, uh, God's word, God's commandments are not grievous, the Bible says. So I have no problem submitting to God. I don't do it perfectly. I still sin. But people want to go against God. And they get into all kinds of foolishness. And not just believing foolishness. They believe things that hurt themselves. And that's the tragedy of it. They hurt themselves by going against God. It always hurts you to go against God. Uh, but this is God's love 
is really dividing. We have the love of God. The world hates us as a result of that. And that's a sad thing, but it's the truth. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He was a friend of sinners, but he didn't hang out with them. He hung out with them to tell them about himself and how to be saved and to bring them to God. He didn't hang out with them just to have fun. Just, hey, I like hanging out with this guy. He's a lot of fun. No, Jesus spent time with sinners to point them to the Father. Amen. That was always his goal. James 4, 4 says, if you're a friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. I don't want to be God's enemy. I want to be a friend of the world only in the sense of telling people in the world how to come to Jesus Christ. Not a friend of the world just uh, because I like to have a good time with worldly things. That's where the problem lies. Uh, for far too many Christians, gets a lot of Christians into problems um, and doesn't help the world. The truth is that the best friend anybody in the world has is someone who will tell them about Jesus Christ. The man who witnessed to me, I, I used to try to avoid him because if I was alone with him, he was going to tell me about Jesus. I knew if I'm alone with him, he's going to talk about Jesus. So I stayed away from him as much as I could, uh, which really I was under conviction and didn't realize that I, I was trying to run from it. Uh, but he would always tell me about Jesus. I look back now, 40 plus years later, I thank God for that man. Thank God for a man who was faithful enough to tell me about Jesus. He, the man wasn't stupid. He knew I didn't want to hear him. He didn't, he didn't browbeat me and uh, you know, hold me down or force things on me. He lovingly talked to me about Jesus. Every time I was alone with him, he was very faithful. I, I want to be as faithful as he was. So the, God's love is divisive. Uh, let's look at verse 14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So the love of God Shows when he said, We know it shows. Uh, you can see when people love somebody, we are to love the brethren. Back in the Gospel of John, again, in verse uh, chapter 13, John 13, verse 34. These are familiar verses, at least verse 35 is. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now, he's talking, and by the way, we're supposed to love everybody, but specifically, many of the verses here are specifically about loving the brethren. Loving brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to love them. Uh, we are to love all brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, he said there at the end of verse 14, back in 1 John 3, He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. If you don't love other Christians, you're not saved. That's what he's saying. If you don't love other Christians, you are not saved it's we've seen all through uh, this book test of salvation uh last message which was two weeks ago i i read to you several in chapter one chapter two uh, earlier in chapter three it's just over and over uh he said in verse one if you say that you have fellowship with him and walk in darkness you lie you're not the truth and this is another one. If we don't love the brethren, we're not saved. He that loveth not his brother 
abideth in death. That's pretty clear. Uh, saved people should enjoy being with other saved people. Now, you may have somebody that, well, I know he's saved, but he just rubs me the wrong way. Oh, Lord, that's true sometimes. And even though uh, Christians should always have a, a good attitude and be loving, some Christians just don't come across very loving much of the time. And you know what? We're called to love them anyway. But when you have a problem with most Christians, or almost all Christians, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. We are to love the brethren. I've seen people over the years that, you know, they tell me they're saved, and they come to church most of the time on Sunday, but they spend all week long hanging out with lost people. None of their friends that they hang out with ever come to church because they're not even inviting them. Many of their friends wouldn't even believe them if they said that they went to church. They're just hanging out because these are their friends and this is who they have a good time with. Like I said, Jesus was a friend of sinners, but he was always telling them about the Father. Our relationships with lost people should be for the purpose of teaching them to know Christ. If we're involved in relationships with lost people without a goal of seeing them saved, not, well, yeah, they get saved one day. Are you telling them, talking to them about it? If not, it's a wrong relationship. It probably needs to be ended. It needs to be changed or ended. Because unsaved people drag Christians down often. You get with the wrong crowd and you start acting like them. You hang out with people who don't know God. They're using God's name in vain. Uh, they're drinking and doing drugs and cursing and doing all kinds of things. Cheating on their wives or their husbands. And they're, they're into all kinds of, of ungodly things. You'll start acting like them. You say, well, no, I'm going to be light to them. Well, then be light. Tell them about Jesus. You'll see one of two things happen. Either they'll come with you to church or you, you don't have to end the relationship with them. They'll end it with you. When there was a, a study done many years ago and they said, the first two years after a person gets saved, 90% of the people they know are not saved. After two years, typically, 90% of the people they know are saved. It's, you're fine. Friends change. When you start going to church and you start following God, the people who don't want to follow God are going to get away from you. They will fall away. That's okay. Invite them to church. Pray for them. But you don't have to hang out with them. And if they're not interested in God, you probably shouldn't hang out with them other than, uh, again, trying to get them to Christ. That's the most important thing. Now, he said here in uh, verse 15, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Well, we look at that and think, well, wow. If I ever commit murder, then I can't be saved. No, that's not what he's saying. David was a murderer. David's in heaven. Moses was a murderer. Moses is in heaven. The apostle Paul was a murderer. He's in heaven. Well, wait, he said, no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter six, picking up in verse nine. Paul said, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, 
Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you look at that list honestly, you are one of, you have done one or more of those things. Thieves, likely every one of us. Covetous, guarantee every one of us. We've all been guilty of that. He said, none of these shall inherit the kingdom of God. But notice verse, verse 11. He says, and such were. Were. Not are. Were. Some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. I have stolen things in my life. So from the world standpoint, that makes me a thief. I have lied from the world standpoint. That makes me a liar. Actually, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So from God's standpoint, we're all liars. And most, if not all, are thieves. But he said, such were some of you. That's what we were. My sin's under the blood of Jesus. It's washed away. Ye are washed. Ye are sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God can save even a murderer. God saves, has saved many murderers. Now, if you kill somebody, that doesn't mean you're not going to prison. You definitely should. Uh, but you can be saved. God saves uh, God can save anybody unless they commit blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And I'm not going to get into a discussion of that. There's a big debate over what that really means. Uh, one man told me he had done that. He said, I can't be saved because I did that. And God gave me the answer immediately because I wouldn't have thought of it. I said, no, you haven't. Because if you had, I wouldn't be here. God sent me to talk to you. So you have not done that. And the man got saved a few weeks later. Uh, God's grace is wonderful. Mm -hmm. God does save. But what John is saying here back in 1 John, he's saying, look, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. If you hate your brother, the love of God's not in you. You don't have eternal life. You don't have it right now. You may have committed murder in the past and not be saved and not a murderer anymore. Such were some of you. But you hate your brother right now. You are a murderer and you don't have eternal life. That's what he's saying. You can't hate your brother. You might not get along with one person as well as other people. But you can't hate them. Not when God puts his love inside us. And if you're born again, God has put his love inside you. He gives you love for people that you otherwise would not love. And there can't be hatred there. In verse 16, it says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The source of love is God. It is the result in us it results, should result in us loving as God loves. God puts his love in us so that love shines through. True love always gives. True love is not selfish. We're selfish by nature. True love is not natural, supernatural. And true love gives. You want to give gifts to your children at Christmas time. It's love, because you love them. I, I want to give uh, uh, presents to my wife. I'd love to do things that please her. She's my wife, I love her. I want to do things uh, that she likes. It's good to do that. True love always gives. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. True love will always give. Uh, he said uh, in verse 16 again, he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's a high standard. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Some years ago, I, I was counseling a young man, marriage counseling. He was in the military and a lot of problems in the marriage. Very sad. It was not good at all. Um, I talked to him and I said, you, tell me about your, the, the unit you're in, the division, whatever it's called. I don't even know. I'm not military. Um, I always wished I had gone in, but I didn't. Um, I said, you care about those guys? Yes. Would you die for the guys that you serve with? He about snapped to attention. He was sitting there and said, yes, sir. There was no question. He meant it. Absolutely, he would die for the guys that he served with. And that's one of the things I love about our military, the, the dedication uh, of these young men, young women. It's, it's just impressive. He absolutely meant it. He would die for our country. He would die for the guys in his unit. You hear stories now and then of a grenade being thrown and somebody jumps on it. And many, that's not a, a rare thing. Many would do it. The love that they have for their brothers. They would give their life to protect those they serve with. Now, in this case, this young man, I said, you would die for the guys that you serve with. Yes. I said, when are you going to die for your wife? Because that's what the Bible calls us to do. Men, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He was willing to die for his fellow soldiers, but he wasn't willing to die for his wife. And sadly, they're divorced today. Um, it's, and in some ways... I don't want to say it's easier, but it, it almost seems like it's easier to, to do the one ultimate sacrifice than to live day by day mm -hmm. in a position, as Paul said, I die daily. Mm -hmm. To live day by day dead to self, that's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's, uh, uh, we're selfish and we want what we want to be dead to self, alive to Christ. That's hard. This is a love that comes from God. I keep saying that because it's just so true. Let's look at verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road. Put your, what, what's the saying? Put your money where your mouth is or something like that. But this is, uh, you say you love someone, show it. Show it. You see that your brother in Christ has a need and you don't help them. They have a financial need and you don't help them. You know they're about to get kicked out of their house because they don't have the money for the rent or the mortgage or the car is broken down. They got a flat tire and you know it's gonna be a hundred dollars to get a new tire and they just don't have it. You're gonna let them just, well, you know, here's a bus schedule. That's not, that's not love if you have the money. We need to, you know, think about what would you do for your own child? Do you think if my son or daughter couldn't afford a new tire for their car that I'd make them take the bus? Of course not. I'd buy them a tire. Well, that's how we're to be with other people as well. As Christians, 
We are family. And we need to step up and help people when they're hurting. Uh, share our possessions. Let's go to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 14. James said, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needed to the body, needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. James was saying, listen, don't just sit there and tell me you have faith. Show it. Real faith shows. Your brother is cold and hungry, and all you say to him is, be ye warmed and filled. You know, he comes to your door knocking. Man, I'm really hungry. I, I don't... I, I've lost my place to live. I'm cold. I'm, I haven't eaten in two days. I'm hungry. Oh, God bless you. I'll pray for you. Be ye warmed and filled. And you don't let him come in and warm up and you don't give him a hot meal. That's not love. That's not love. Love shows. Uh, Galatians 6.10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We're to do good to everybody, especially to other Christians. Love other Christians. Let God's love flow through us to help others. People have needs, especially this time of year. And this is a time of year that, that can be uh, really hard on people financially. You know, we see parents that it, it, it's expected in our culture, in our society, it is expected parents are going to get their kids something for Christmas. You have parents that can't afford it. They don't have any money. They're barely paying the bills, uh, and now they've got to tack on Christmas gifts. And of course, the kid wants the latest, greatest electronic whatever. And I'm not saying parents have to do that. But, you know, we can step up and help somebody who can't afford to buy Christmas presents for their kids. Can't afford anything for themselves. To buy that. Uh, there's a lot of single mothers. Which is tragic. It, it, it's so tragic. Our, our society, too many. There's a lot of sorry men out there. You know, I, I understand abandoning the wife. It's wrong. It's totally wrong. Uh, but I understand how that happens. But to abandon your child? That's ridiculous. It, it's inexcusable. Uh, but we know it happens all the time. We've got any number of women in our church. And I'm sure you know others as well. That, uh, you know, they're separated or they're divorced. And dad doesn't do anything, doesn't pay child support, doesn't help out at all. It's horrible. Um, it's all too common. You know, we've got the term deadbeat dads. Why is there a term for it? Because it's so common and it's so, it's just awful. Um, but it happens a lot. So, you know, be, be conscious especially at this time of year. You know somebody uh, who's hurting, single parent, may not be, might have a husband and wife and they're both struggling, but especially single parents, it's really, it's tough. It's tough. If we love God, we're to love people. Put his love in us. He wants to love people through us. And, you know, we are... In a sense, his hands and feet, we need to use them. Use our hands and feet for God. Use, if you have this world's good. He's talking about uh, verse 17. But whoso hath this world's good. Material possessions. You have material possessions. 
others who don't, who are hurting. You say, well, I don't know anybody that's hurting. Well, there's good organization to give to. Uh, we did it at Thanksgiving and many people gave. We provided Thanksgiving meals uh, to people, you know, Look, you say, I want to help somebody. We'll find somebody for you to help, someone in need. Uh, there's always people. Let's help one another. Let's love one another. Let's let our love show. Again, what Jesus said in uh, the Gospel of John, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. That's not even loving the world. That's just loving other Christians. And the sad truth is, we don't see a whole lot of that. We see Christians fighting and arguing and uh, uh, different things. Jesus said, they'll know that you are my disciples if you will have love one for another. We need to add that. We need to be loving. So are you really loving people or just saying that you do? When was the last time you really showed love for someone outside of your immediate family? That you showed them love? Uh, when was the last time loving someone cost you something? You know, to say you love somebody, it's a good thing. And when somebody's hurting to pick up the phone and call them or go visit them, that's a good thing, without question. I'm not saying don't do that. Do that. By all means, do that. Uh, people need that. They're hurting. That phone call means a lot. Uh, listen, I've been through a lot this year. It's not been a good year for me. Um, so many people stepped up. And when people tell me, hey, I'm praying for your wife, that means a lot. I, I take that very seriously. I appreciate that. Um, I've had a lot of people do that. Many, many in the church, but many outside the church as well. So, look, praying for your wife. How is she doing? Uh, to care about people. That's love. But when our love costs us something, when we see they have a need and we go out and spend money, that's, that's important. Share the love of God. Show the love of God. True love always gives. So show real love to someone. Let me challenge you with that. Show real love to someone this week. And if it costs you something, that's even better. Show real love. Now I don't suggest, and this will sound heartless, but I don't mean this to sound heartless. Uh, the people that stand on the street with a sign, um, uh, what's our dear brother's name, the Baltimore Rescue Mission, Chuck Bittner. He will tell you, please do not give them money. Do not give them money. Give them food. Give them a bottle of water. But don't give them money. It, it, the vast majority of cases, it's going for drugs or alcohol. Sadly. It, it's sad. I, I hate seeing people out there. And it's the easiest thing to, you know, give them a dollar or something. Uh, better carry... He told me, he said, I carry granola bars in my car. So I give them, uh, and you know, the sad thing is most people want to be taken. They just want cash. You know, it's sad. Uh, but uh, show love. God loves us so much. Show love. If all you have is money and you want to give them money, it's okay. Your heart's in the right place. You may not actually be helping them, but... Uh, Pray for them. Give them a track with it. And, uh, and be praying. Do not. This is a big scam, by the way, in uh, Baltimore. Not so much around here, but uh, I do go into Baltimore a few times a year. They, uh, the guys that wash your windows, the, this, they, they're looking for a dollar or something. You know what? My attitude is, hey. They're working. They're doing something. You know, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Uh, but people say, no, no, I don't have any money. What will you send me money by that? You know, on, the, on your phone, Cash App or Zelle or different things, they'll ask for money that way. Don't do it. What they're doing 
is you, you start to do it, they'll steal your phone and you've logged in. They now have full access to your bank account. They'll clean you out. And this is, has been happening in Baltimore anyway. I don't know if it's going on in other cities, but in Baltimore, there's a big write up on it. That, uh, that's what they're doing. It's kind of sad. You're trying to help somebody and then problem. But uh, be loving. You know what? You might, you might do something loving and get, take, get taken advantage of. That's okay. Love the next person. Don't let it bother you. Just love the next person. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. You're so good to us. God, help us to truly love people to love people with the love that you put in our hearts, to love people to Jesus. Oh, it's, our world needs love. It's a very unloving place. Far too much selfishness, and we're all selfish by nature, but God, teach us to love. Use us. God, again, we pray for the the program Saturday night, Sunday morning, that you would use it to draw people to Jesus. Help us to be faithful, to invite people this week, to get the word out. God, bring them in. Bring them to Christ. Bless us, God, as we, as we go, use us to show your love. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're a little early, but... Uh, so don't jump in the auditorium.